I've got about ten seconds to tell you how to get two-for-one tickets for top draw comedy nights near you thanks to our friends at the TV channel Dave at absoluteradio.co.uk. Also, I've got to tell you about how you can win prizes while you're there too. I've run out of time, though. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. It's podcast time again with uh, Frank Skinner, Absolute Radio, and Emily and Gareth. Hi. Blah, blah. What was that? What was that? That was like a kind of um, a very cool um, hip-hoppy, dancey DJ type thing that they do before things happen. Blah, blah. You see, I'm in a situation with with the age of it that I I have to take your word for that. You might have completely... Yeah. You could say to me, oh, hip-hop people go... Hello. <laughs> and I'd have thought they might well. They might well do that. That's fair enough. Good luck to them, I would have had to have said on air, obviously. Mm. So, trying to be down with the youth. Anyway. Yes. The, who was on the show? Charlie Higson was on the show this week. Charlie, no, Charlie Higson from The Fast Shows, who's written a, a, a new um, horror book mm-hmm. for um, teenagers. And um, we were on the show. Uh, I really, I, I loved it this week. Yeah, it was really nice to be back because we'd been away. Yeah, exactly. Back in, back in the old uh, absolute headquarters. And I, actually, I had last week off, so yeah, I was, I was straining at the bit, the bit. Hmm. Have you seen the bit? <laughs> no, they won't let me see the bit. I was, well, I was straining at it. It was, uh, it could, not a bad name for a band, actually. Is it the bit? I've got a friend who's just starting a band and he's, he was asking me for band names. Oh, it's not David Really good deal, band names. No, no, he's That's not starting it. No. <laughs> no, that would be... Uh, I wouldn't like that at all. No, but apparently there's, there's several sites on the internet where you can just um, press some buttons and a random names come up for, for bands. That would be good. Oh, so how did you come up with the name um, The Pigmen of Florentine? I'll put into the internet. Hold on, stop up. that joke. The pigmen of Florentine. That's I'm going to tell him. That's the one to do. And and now it's the pigmen of Florentine with the new track. Yeah, I love the pigmen of Florentine. <laughs> <laughs> is just before I pass it on, is pigmen hyphenated or is it two separate words or is it one word? I think it's all one word. Okay. Oh well done. Well, see, our work here has not been wasted. So, um, yes, please um, enjoy the show. Absolute Radio. Uh, this is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. I feel like I've been away for ages. I was off last week, and I, honestly, I, it, it feels like a strange new world. Happily, I'm still with Emily and Gareth, so they'll, they'll take care of me. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, Just to prove you're here, yes, OK. So, um, my week has been... Uh, I returned from Edinburgh on Monday, and then on Monday night... I went to the Reform Club in Pall Mall, which is one of them posh gentlemen's clubs, which, I don't know, I don't know about you guys, you ever thought about joining one of those places with a leather Chesterfield and old blokes who were in the war? I don't think I've ever anticipated having the opportunity. Well, anyone, I think anyone, you, you get, really? there's, there's a board when you go in of people who've, um, who want to join and they have to mm. be okayed by. Anyway, Did I you wear that denim jacket? I, did, I had to, you've got to wear a suit and tie. Well, you're I was going to say. I say you, you have to wear a suit and tie, but the crew, because we were being filmed, but it was it's this thing I did for children in New, we went, we went around the world in 80 days. I didn't like how I went, ooh, at the beginning of that, but I'm going to pretend <laughs> no one probably Just noticed it. Just go with it. it. Yeah, best not to draw attention to it. Uh, but, the, yeah, so we got filmed, and it was people, who was there? John Barrowman was there, Mylene Class. Oh, it was the night of a thousand stars! <laughs> but um, the crew all turned up in T-shirts and stuff, and no-one said anything, which I thought was wrong. Wow. 
there's always a big when you do a charity thing it's always you realize you're always the only person who's not being paid all the crew and they're all getting paid exactly the same as ever right really? uh, do you think that's right i don't know that's this week's phoning smiling <laughs> <laughs> class was there smiling class yeah why do you pull that face oh, i just i don't i don't like you know hating celebrities and things like but. that people on telly but she's She's growing on me in the way that I'm starting to really think that she might be a terrible person. Oh, Gareth! Gareth, you've turned the tables oh. upside down with your first statement. Mylene Class is yeah. like the sweetest. Well, the thing is, I think she might have talent at something, but I just don't think it's what she's doing. And she just seems to do everything and just in a really cynical way. So Why? let me get this right. You think she's got talent at something, but not what she's doing. Well, she However, play... she's doing everything. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, apart, she can play the piano, can't she? Yes. Well, she doesn't do any of that, does she? She's very beautiful, though. She reminds me of that uh, Nadia who won Big Brother. It's that sort but of... But he did. Hold Nadia. Nadia said, I can never think of it. I can never think of it. I can't She's nothing like that at she, all. Nadia, who used to be a man. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Does that make her a bad person? Is that what you're no. suggesting, Gareth? No, let's, let's no, make that I, clear. I, I wasn't questioning whether Mylene is I a love the free woman. transsexual. It's the uh, Swiss army knife of the sexual <laughs> world. No, well, I think you're wrong about Mylene. Really? I, Did I, you I, meet her? I've met her many times. She's sweet. She's really sweet. She cried on my chat show. Did she? Oh, look, everyone cried on your chat show, Frank. Oh, well, I know that. I certainly <laughs> did. Most weeks. And she cried because, you know that fleshy bit under the armpit at the back? <laughs> I pinched that as hard as I could. She cried. Why did she cry? Because people were saying bad things about her. People like you, Gareth, were saying nasty things about her. <gasps> That's why. I imagine she eats lizards. Right. Live lizards. I reckon she that? just plugs them down. Live, wriggling oh, yeah. lizards. Oh, That's yeah, I think she, she eats live lizards. I'm not arguing with that. But, I, you know, God, everyone's got their foibles. <laughs> no, I'm sure she's a lovely person, but she's just... Oh, no, I'm sorry, but you can't, you can't at the end of that attack say, I'm sure she's a lovely person. I hate it. If you're going to hate her, just hate her. And you're wrong. I honestly think you're wrong. I but think she, Frank, she's lovely. Rachel from Cambridge has just said she's everywhere like a rash. Yes. There you go. Okay. Well, I'm going to lead the Mylene is nice okay. assault this morning. Absolute radio. Um, what 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 you been up to then, uh, Emily Dean? Yes, I've said your surname on radio. What of it? <laughs> um, I've been mixing with celebrities as well. It's not oh, just you. Have you. You know, we we had a complaint the other week that we're like losing touch with the people. Yeah. No, I'm on here talking about you know meeting. I met Bill Turnbull Monday night. I don't want people <laughs> to be alienated by that. I've by the world I travel in. Celebrity soup. I met Stuart Broad. I went down to Jonathan Ross's Stuart show. Broad is a good one. I should say, if you're not into cricket, Stuart Broad, he, he's an England uh, fast bowler. He's so good-looking, I almost vomited. Oh, that's a great compliment. <laughs> I think you should use that on his publicity. He's unbelievable. I he doesn't have look human. Yeah. People, people retching when they see me. Yeah. Because I'm so good-looking. He's honestly, and he was so nice. He gave me a bat, Frank, and he signed. I don't. It. I, I think you have to have a license for him, don't you? Yeah, you need In a rabies shot, definitely. Yeah, exactly. I'm ca- no. Healthy. Oh God, you're both terrible. Wouldn't it be brilliant? Just take my story Wouldn't it be brilliant if he'd given you a bat, though? I mean, like <laughs> a, a fruit bat, and said, "Look, I brought this bat from Africa. Don't tell anyone." And he, he bought you a cricket bat. Yeah, and he signed it. So I'm carrying it around like a fashion accessory now. Like a cane. Yeah. Don't you think it would be good? I said to him, if you want to talk to me about sponsorship and promoting it as a fashion accessory, he could. He didn't seem that interested. No. But he was very nice. And I met Jamie Oliver as well. 
and I tasted he made he said oh I tried these little delicacies which looked really nice and then he came and put his arm around me and said do you know what darling you're so brave I love you and I went why and he said because you've just eaten uh, bull's testicles uh, okay. so you didn't have to eat 15 <laughs> in a row though did you that was the thing no, bull's called, testicles. What's it? Why were you? They're called can, we say, can we say testicles this early in the morning? Yes. I'm just. I'm just looking through the absolute manual. T t t t. Oh no, we can't. Apparently. We can. No, we can't. We can't till twenty past. And it's oh, okay. only eighteen minutes. They're called past. prairie oysters anyway. That's what they're called. Yeah, I remember that. Should I need to refer to them in a, in a slightly poetic fashion as, yeah. as an agricultural farm one day? Why, he's got some prairie oysters on him, Farmer Jackson. He certainly has, Mr Skinner. I'm taking him out on a regular basis. Yeah. Oh, well, that's that's very exciting. Um, it's interesting that what, what, how they fell into the clichés of those two celebrities. <laughs> Stuart Broad gave you a cricket bat and... Jamie Oliver cooked you some delicacies. Don't, don't they have anything else to their lives, these people? And they just do what one imagines they do? It's just wrong. That's lovely. So that's uh, me with uh, Myling Class, John Barrowman. You with Stuart Broad and uh, Jamie Oliver. Gareth. <laughs> um, I'm not allowed near any celebrities. No, well, after what you said about Myling, quite right. Well, I had a lovely surprise this week. This arrived in the post. Have a look at that. Ooh. This is a copy of my new book, which I won't name, so I don't like plugging. But open it up, open what it up. What does it say? Open it up. Oh, it's a it's a large print version. <laughs> it's a large print. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the size of the letter in it. That. Wow, that's excellent. <laughs> Hold it up. I reckon I could read it from here <laughs> easily. That's, it's massive. That's, that's very large yeah, print. That thing. shows I'm appealing to an older audience now, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's been for quite well, a while. Myopics, myopics across the world. <laughs> yeah, it was my first ever large print edition. I was quite moved. That's very, that's very good. I had an idea for a couple of weeks ago that the phone-ins on the show be suggested by the actual um, listeners. And uh, our, our, our first one we're going to do af- after this. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. Yes, this is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily and Gareth. Are, are we um, being interactivised today? Yeah. Oh well, I remembered. I did see a celebrity this week. Oh well, we'll stop. We'll stop to discuss that. <laughs> Who did you say? Peter Duncan. Well, he's yeah, off off the he's, blue, Peter. Yeah, walking in a cafe, walking around just like a normal man. I don't really? want to. I don't yes. want to rain on your parade, but I also saw him. It was in Edinburgh. Everyone saw him, Gareth. He was, in he was ubiquitous. I, I met his daughter. See. His daughters came and talked to us after our gig. How old are Peter Duncan's daughters? Oh, they must be about twenty. No, that was our phone-in for this week. <laughs> oh, oh, too late now, you've spoiled it. I said, were they attractive young women? And you thought, hey, this is really exciting, young women are talking to us after oh, a I had to restrain. I had to restrain some of my fellow comedians from oh, right, besmirching okay. Blue Peter's yeah, good don't name. T- don't touch the Duncan girls, that's my <laughs> motto. <laughs> no. Um, I, we have had some lovely emails, though, during the week. Ooh. Would you like to hear some of the lovely during emails? During the week, I like that. Yeah. They're a bit more leisurely, our audience. Let's not, let's <laughs> not send them in during the show. <laughs> Maybe Thursday. Okay, that's lovely. Though. We're always glad to hear from you. Can I make that absolutely clear? Mm, some lovely things. Well, Rob Fellow's got in touch, and he's got a bit of a moral conundrum for us. A moral conundrum? Oh, yeah. we like those. We do. We need a jingle for that. Can you sing one? <laughs> moral conundrum! I'll, I'll see if I can come. Let me see what I can uh, find that might as, as a sense of uh, moral conundrum about it. Oh, just... Just bear with me. Keep going for a bit. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> he was paid, so he was made redundant from his What job. about this for moral conundrum? Okay. 
Okay, it's a little abstract, but you know, I'm I'm thinking on my feet here. I like that. And then if Gareth <laughs> says afterwards, moral conundrum. <laughs> um, it's good. It's good. Mm. Um, so he's paid his redundance money, which was a decent amount, and then went on holiday. And when he returned from his holiday, he discovered that he had been mistakenly... Mistakenly? 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 I when that happens. Character in a John Irving novel. I hate it when you discovered you've been mistakenly. <laughs> it's mistakenly that woman with the, with the um, wedding cake. <laughs> expectations. <laughs> um... <laughs> mistakenly paid the full redundancy again two lots of cash they'd overpaid him by almost £30,000 30k result and um, he said that he he did tell them about it but what what, he said what should what what would we have done in that situation that's easy that's no if if someone made me redundant I'd be quite happy I'd be one of those people who phoned the speaking clock in Tokyo on my last day and leave (laughs) it off the hook Frank, I'm really shocked. I see you as a kind of village elder figure, mm. and I would look towards you for moral guidance on this. There's no way I would take that money. It's dirty money. No, but if you've been made redundant, you know, if people have, have done that to you, I think you're entitled to do something back, aren't you? And I so, say, yeah, not like he'd gone and nicked it from the safe. They'd sent it to him. Mm. What well, I mean, he could argue, I think, quite legitimately, that it, it's that kind of incompetence in the administrative <laughs> section of that business that led to his redundancy. Mm. So, in fact... There was a certain poetic justice to him receiving his money twice. Definitely. Um, Tim Eaton... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I've given my uh, ruling on that. (laughs) Oh, still... (laughs) Kettle drum still going in the background. Oh, um, we've had a listener the dream. Conundrum. We've Sorry. had a listener dream. Have we got a listener dream? Listener dream. Well, you know, oh, me right. and me and Emily are very anti people's dreams. You yeah. know, I always say it's more boring than listening to their problems. Listening to people's That's dreams. That's a lovely thing to say. Yeah. What a fabulous motto. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. What is the listener? Um, Tim Tim Eaton says, "I've just <laughs> awoken from a dream. You were Frank in present. You Frank were in presence along with some sort of force of minstrels. My eight year ago uh, girlfriend." You, a force of minstrels. A force of minstrels. My eight-year-old girlfriend was there, and you were performing some sort of interview. My eight-year-old girlfriend? <laughs> oh, my what? God. What? Oh, no, my eight-year-ago girlfriend. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh. <God. laughs> Hold on, I've just... Tablet, tablets in my, in my inside... Ah. Gareth, please never do that to me again. I thought our careers were in ruins. Me? Again. <laughs> Needless to say, your genius resolved many long-standing yet benign misconceptions. The future has been realigned. The road to nowhere has been reset. I'm already bored of this dream. No, hold on a minute. No, I like, I like the idea. Yeah, that his, his girlfriend from eight years ago, who obviously mm. still carries a bit of a torch for yeah. her, I think you would say, and, and, and I came and sorted out their relationship as, mm. as, as a force of minstrels sang in the force background. force of minstrels. Way down above the Swanee <laughs> River. Yes, but one has to learn to understand each other. Well, far away... <laughs> No, no, but I think, you know, it's not just about you. You always put yourself second. Is that, is that what the dream was like? I think so, that's what I get. But that's quite... I, I, like, I like the kind of impressionistic nature of that. Absolute radio. So, look, I still haven't said... We, we asked for people uh, to phone in and um, to suggest a phone-in. Not to phone in, to text in. Our text number, text by in. the way, is 81215, in case you don't know that. Eight, that number again, 81215. <laughs> That's what proper DJs do. And, um, yeah, somebody suggested that they asked that people name their famous... Uh, their favourite primate. That was Gabby, yeah. From Gabby. Well, Gabby, that's right. Thank you, Gabby. Best uh, TV or film primate. Yes. Um, for those of you who don't know what a primate is... Look it up! <laughs> Look it up! <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, Gareth looked it up this morning. He wasn't you, sure. Did you look it up? It's like a monkey thing, you know. Uh, yeah, so who's your favourite? We should start with our own, I think. But we'd love to hear your favourite TV and film. Primark. I thought it was like someone who you went to Primark with. That's a, that is, I like that. I think that's your good. Your primate. My prime. Yeah, sure yeah, didn't, works, he didn't have to, it? He didn't have to no, hammer it home. My God, yeah, I was way ahead it. of you. <laughs> I mean, I, I take that as a personal slight that you felt you had to then say primate again. What, what would be your favourite TV or film primate, Gareth? Well, I, there was a film, a uh, uh, Matthew Broderick film called Project X, mm. where it was something, it was in the 80s and there were chimps. You've gone obscure early, I love the, that. The chimps, there were chimps who were like being tested on about going into space and stuff and he had to rescue the chimps and get out of the place. Mm. I've got vague memories of it. But Why rescue were, the chimps? There was a nice monkey in that. Yeah, what's that? Which <laughs> one? Can you name the monkey? I can't name the Fa- monkey. Well, it says favourite TV of the primate, exactly. not group, not some some group of chimpanzees. Some nameless monkeys. Nameless astronaut chimpanzees. I've got mine. Think again. Frank. Oh, what's yours? Well done, Emily. Mine done your is, own work. Um, Doctor Cornelius, who's an archaeologist slash chimp in uh, Planet of the Apes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, I used to go to the job centre every day in the 80s <laughs> and I never saw archaeologists <laughs> slash chimp jobs. I only got that job, I'll never know. I loved him. He wore like an olive green tunic with sort of leather <laughs> detailing on it. Well, it was slightly camp as, uh, yeah. as archaeologists slash chimps. <laughs> He's played by Roddy McDowell. Yes. And I loved him. Was Roddy M- McDowell Norman Bates? Have I got that completely No, that's wrong? Anthony Perkins. Perkins. Of course it was. What a fool I've made of myself. Next and chimp. so early. Next chimp. Mine, well, I'm telling you, this is quite obscure. There used to be a TV programme called Ghostbusters, which was nothing to do with the film. If anyone okay. remembers this, I'd love to hear from you. you know, because sometimes when you remember a very old TV series, you start to think, hold on, have I actually dreamt this? I've never <laughs> met anyone else. <laughs> and anyway, it was three people... It used to go, we're the ghost buncer, busters, I'm Spencer, he's Tracy, I'm Kong. So one was called Spencer, one was Tracy, one was called Kong, and there was a gorilla in it. And he w- used to wear one of those hats. You know when people wear like a cap and there's like a propeller on the top that blows <laughs> yeah. around in the wind? He wore one of those. And he was he was like the brains in the outfit. Oh, that sounds gorilla. vaguely familiar, like an Australian swimming cap, I know that. Yeah, with with the yeah. propeller on the top. I know don't. that. I know that monkey. Are you are you telling are you telling me for a second <laughs> oh, then that you're God. old enough to remember that? <laughs> Emily's age once again was mentioned on the show. Turn we all sat and stared at the wall, hoping Emily's age would just go away. <laughs> yes. Oh no, it's playing again now. I actually have worked on. I don't actually know how to stop it. And I just let let it play. I'll just turn it down a little. Going on and on like Emily's life has. <laughs> Careful. Hilarious is not the word. I'll tell you something about those propeller hats, though. You're still playing this. it. I don't, I'm, I'm playing it. What of it? Okay. Um, I, when I first saw the umbrella hat, you know the umbrella hat, which is like a, a cap, like a skull cap with an umbrella on top. Oh, yeah. I thought, well, that's it now. That's that is going to be an absolute goldmine and millions. <laughs> Every umbrellas will die out as we know mm. them. And people will just wear umbrella hats. Um, I'm now starting to think that I I can't wait any longer for that to happen. But I honestly believe... This is why I've I've never been on Dragon's Den. But the umbrella hat, I'm still hoping for. Anyway, favourite TV or film, (laughs) Primates. 
<laughs> Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. In case you keep wondering, people who listen to the whole show, if you ever wonder why does he keep saying Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio, that's because the producer, Emma, says to me during most tracks, can you remind them that you're Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio? So that's why I do. I'm quite uh, obedient in that respect. Have we have we had texts on eight twelve fifteen? Had lots of lovely texts. Eight twelve fifteen. Our text number. Is that all right, Emma? That's right. Good. Okay. Um, God, Emma's on air. <laughs> the producer's on air. <laughs> Go on, carry on. Adam She's fr- been desperate to get on <laughs> air for ages. Yeah, so they all are. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm desperate to get on air to read this thing. Oh, sorry. Adam oh. from Essex. Um, hi, Frank, you're a legend. I don't care how old Emily is, I think she has the sexiest voice I've ever heard. Oh. Clive from Every Which oh, Way... Can I just stop you yeah. there? Um, I think we should point out that Emily's... It's not that Emily is really old. She just, you know, she's yeah. very sensitive about By it. By mistake, though, he's written, I think she has the sexist voice I've ever heard, <laughs> yes. which is unfortunate. You have got a sexist voice. <laughs> Yeah, I think Richard Littlejohn probably has the sexiest voice I've ever heard. Anyway, carry on. Um, uh, Clive from Every Which Way But Loose is the best primate, Adam from Essex. It's not Clive, it's Clive. (laughs) It is Clyde. Clyde. Is that Clive like Clive Dunn he's thinking of, maybe? Clive's got a posh English name. Is that when Leslie Phillips (laughs) played uh, an orangutan? (laughs) (laughs) Clint Eastwood. (laughs) Come to the fire. Hello, Clint. You went a bit Kenneth Williams there, didn't I did. You? I, uh, sorry, I got mixed yeah, up. I went into black and white British comedy film Maelstrom and came out all mixed up. Now, listen, John in Poland. Yes, John in Poland. John in Poland. Poland. Oh, fabulous. Says, my favourite was from the 70s. It used to be on before the Sunday match on Granada. So you'll remember this, Frank. Thanks. It was called BJ and the Bear, about a chimp who travelled with a long-distance truck driver sorting out people's problems. Do you remember that? You know, I remember the title of that. It's one of those programmes I saw the title of in the papers but never watched. BJ and the Bear. So does that mean that the chimp was called a bear? Well, I don't know. I don't oh, know the details of it. That's extremely confusing. Now, someone's also mentioned something called Grape Apes. Anyone know what oh, that yeah, is? Oh, yeah, Grape Ape was a, was a cartoon thing, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is what this is like a proper phony what they have on proper <laughs> radio shows where people say stuff and you think, well, yes, there's some words have been sent in. <laughs> Um, Frank Herbert, Clive the Orangutan. It's not Clive, Clive, it's Clyde. And that's from Adam in London. A- Adam in London, Adam in Essex. He's all <laughs> over the place with these primate suggestions. <laughs> Do you think he's just pretending to be from slightly different places to get all over our radio I show? must admit, I've, that's how I got this job. <laughs> hey, guess what? Um, someone who hasn't left their name but said primate could be head of church, like Cardinal Cormac Connor they, Murphy that, O'Connor. That's correct, they are called. Uh, pri- you got mixed up in the middle of that and just said <laughs> some Irish names at random, then you're Murphy O, Pat, Mickey O. But yeah, that is true, they do call those primates. We'll have that as well then, we'll have your famous <laughs> leading churchman from film and TV. <laughs> I don't care. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. We, what was we've had people now actually sending in churchmen, haven't we? Primates in that sense. Oh, no, we had someone saying fave churchy bloke, Father <laughs> Ted. I like the fact. You see, we've completely. This is what why we're so rubbish. We've messed up the the focus now of the favourite TV primate by accepting the fact it could be a leading churchman. <laughs> Someone's oh, Steve has also said favourite churchman in film would have to be McVicker. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. I'm loving him though for having to go. 
By the way, we've got the news coming up at uh, nine o'clock, obviously. And did you read what Terry Wogan said about the news this week? What did he say? He said <laughs> it's the easiest job in the media, reading the news. This is the easiest job in the media, clearly. Yeah, I, I don't think he included this. Oh, OK. But, um, yeah, the, the easiest job... Don't adjust your bra when I'm talking <laughs> I was, that. I was adjusting Dawson. my bra. You know, unless Dawson is to do... Why do that in the middle of a leak? We've got records, we've got adverts. Adjust your bra then. Not when I'm talking straight well, at stop you. stop looking in that area. Do you, uh, well, look, what are you supposed to do when someone is pulling strings and strings. adjusting cords? Not a bra fashioned out of string. Anyway, do you think it's the easiest job in the media? Reading the news. Yeah. Mm. I would get the giggles. Yeah, you would. I'd get the giggles. Well, you probably would. It is... I think the clue is in the word reading, though. It is large. There's very little improvisation in the news, I find. Yeah, but someone could... I think I think it's fraught with potential trauma. Someone could storm in and invade the studio. Yeah, that's happened, I think, once in the history of the news. OK, so it could happen. Actually, a mate of mine did it on BBC 24. Really? <laughs> yeah, he stood with a big Is poster. Is that David Baddiel? No, it's a, a... I don't know if I should name him, because, okay. he, because he now works on, on another station. But um, he uh, he ran on with a, holding up a big sign. Adrian, the newsreader, has just walked out. That's a bit of a worry. <laughs> if we offended him, oh no! Now I'll have to read the news and find out how difficult it is. <laughs> By the way, Charlie Higson is on after the news. You know Charlie. Higson oh yeah, from I like him. Yeah, he's good. Um, yeah. So yeah, my mate w- walked onto the set of the BBC Twenty Four News and held up a, a piece of paper at the back advertising his radio show and was chased out of the building by security really? guards. <laughs> Oh, happy days. It is. Um, it doesn't seem that tricky, reading the news, but if Adrian doesn't come back, we'll probably find out it's virtually impossible. Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Gareth and Charlie Higson. He's in the studio. Hello, Charlie. Hello there. How are you? I'm great. Isn't it great to hear the Rolling Stones? <laughs> um, oh, let me just check my notes. That was Primal Scream. <laughs> oh, was there, it? Oh, rocks. I'm sorry. I'm not <laughs> up with the modern music. <laughs> no. Well, it's lovely to have you on. It's lovely to be here. On I think it's morning. fair to say you are a bit of a British comedy legend. I don't think that's an overstatement. Le- well, that's very nice of you to say so. Does that mean I'm, le- I'm like an old has-been? It means you're like <laughs> Beowulf. <laughs> you don't really exist, but your tale is told from generation to generation. <laughs> So, um, we'll go straight into the plug-in, I think. You've got, a, got yeah, another go book out. What a book writer you've... How, how many books have you written now, Charlie? Uh, ten. That's ten. a lot, Ten novels. It? That is a lot. Because most proper ten novels... Ten novels and a couple of comedy spin-offs. <laughs> but most... When I say proper novels, people who only write novels, mm. often they don't write ten in their career. You've written ten, plus done loads of TV shows and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, well, I like to keep busy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. So, the new one. Yes. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's called the Enemy, and it's a it's a horror book. For it's not kids. called the Enemy, is it? Cause no, I no, think no. you'll find that's already been written. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the the Enemy. Well, in fact, in fact, there, there probably have been other books called that, but my book, The Enemy, mm. not the Enemy, is it's a horror it's a horror book for kids. It's a base, The basic idea is that everyone over the age of fourteen has been hit by this disease, which has either killed them or turned them into zombies. So on one level, you've got the fantasy of kids have, like, wow, wouldn't it be great if all the adults just disappeared? <clears throat> you had the run <laughs> of the place to yourself. Right, yeah. And, you know, we're here in London, you could go out there, you can go and live in Buckingham Palace, you could drive buses around go and go and live in the Tower of London if you wanted. But, so I thought, well, I'd put a, I'd put a scary element in that actually there are these 
roving gangs of adults out there trying to catch children to eat them to, to survive. To eat them? So yeah. Really, it's the, gen- it's, it's the generation gap just taken on a pace. Yeah, it's kids it? versus adults, yeah. I mean, I mean the, these stories of, of adults eating children goes right back, way back. All the fairy tales are all about that. I don't know what it is. It's, it's adults' fear that children are going to grow up and take their place. Yeah. And, of course, there's a Jonathan Swift um, thing, yes. the tale of a tob, when he suggests it'd be a great way of putting an end to poverty if poor people yes. ate their own children. Yeah. Yes. I don't think we're... <laughs> pro- we're not promoting that on absolute radio. I mean, it's, it's a piece of 18th century... Um, Pol- polemic. Satire. Yes, it was satire. It was Even satire, Jonathan Swift himself was not suggesting it, for goodness sake. Uh, so, you... Um, it's fair to say, is it not, that you're a sort of a specialist on teenage literature? Well, I've been doing these young Bond novels. I've done five of them for kids. And, you know, it, it, was, uh, it wasn't my idea. I was approached by the Ian Fleming estate, said, would I be interested in writing these books? And there's a huge James That's Bond That's so cool that you were just approached. Why ma- didn't they approach me? I'm really <laughs> jealous. That's massively exciting. <laughs> well, it was. It was, was it just a phone call? Did your agent say, well, I've had the Ian Fleming well, estate? Well, it was all on. very hush-hush because they're all, you know, having worked in the sort of world of secret agents and MI, MI6 for all these years, they're very... Um, they're very secretive, so it was a little that somebody wants to talk to you about something, but we can't say Oh, did you have to meet a man in a cafe who was, was carrying a, a, the was, Guardian? It was along those lines, yeah. And they were, because they also, they were talking to a lot of other writers as well. I wasn't the only one, so it, they didn't want it to get out who was talking to who and that. So, uh, But eventually I got the job, which was fantastic. And so at my late stage in life, I was offered this brand new career, and luckily the books have taken off and kids really like them. And so I've now become... One of our most established children's authors. So, uh, <laughs> but how did the, you hadn't written for children before? No, but I got three boys, which was one of the things I wanted to write the books. So. There must be loads of novelists who've got three boys. How many people did they approach? <laughs> <laughs> Where every novelist in the country yeah, who had three, three boys. boys. Well, <laughs> what about the ones with two boys? I'd have thought there's no, no I mean, reason I'd, why I'd, they couldn't have I'd written, I'd written some adult thrillers that they knew of, and they liked my style. They felt that my style would be suitable for kids. They knew I was a Bond nut. And I had three boys, so th- there were three criteria there. Do you know who else was up for it, incidentally? I do, but I'm not <gasps> allowed to say. Oh, Would you tell on. us off air, Was it people we wouldn't Well, I actually, I only, I only know one, because he was. they were hoping he was going to... The idea was they were going to get different writers to write each one, because they, they were approaching proper big-name authors, okay. and they kind of thought, well, they wouldn't want to write more than one, because they've got their own jobs. So there was one writer they were really trying to get to write the first one, and they said, would I write the second one? But it didn't mm. work out, and I ended up writing the whole lot, which is great. I was hoping it'd be really random people like Big Ron Atkinson. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. That was a form, green eyed loco, man. Oh, that you, sounds nice. What are you, you do, what are you eating? I've got a man full of pano chocolat, so oh. at least it's sort of exotic and French sounding. It's <laughs> not like meat pie. I'm sorry, but I just it crept up on me at the end of that thing. Um ask Charlie a question when while I finish this. No, you asked Charlie a question. Okay, what do you think about this, Charlie? Someone sent something and said, I sent you an email message earlier, this is to Frank. You most likely got it, but please would you be decent enough to reply before your show ends because my mum would like to get in contact again. And that's to Frank. Well, it Mm. sounds very dubious to me. (laughs) My mum would like to get in contact again. But it's decent enough to respond. 
I like that. It it's it's like... got a sort of Victorian element. To it. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I imagine it was somebody from like the 1930s yeah. military, RAF kind of yes. guy. Could have been decent enough. To... <laughs> maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't an email. Maybe it was a card left on a silver platter. <laughs> 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 she signed it off. Your humble obedience. Mum <laughs> uh, would like to get in touch again. Oh, mm. Frank, what have you been up to? Well, Natasha. I mean, it's uh... it's Latasha. Oh, Latasha. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's quite an unusual name. Well, you'd remember. You'd think so, wouldn't you? <laughs> I, I didn't always get a name, to be honest. Little pause there while we all think about the sordid decadence of that. Um, well, let's say hello to Latasha, then hello, Latasha. It's Latasha's mum. Yeah, Latasha's mum. Hello to Latasha's mum. What's her mum called? I, would, I wouldn't remember Latasha then, would I? No. What's her mum called? She doesn't say. Hello, Latasha's <laughs> mum, and... Um, <laughs> I don't know if we should get in touch again because I don't know who you are. And we all change, don't we, Charlie, with time? Yes, usually for the worse. But um, Do you think, well, there you are. I don't know if you'd like me anymore. <laughs> um, we don't. I mean, it could, be, it could be a relative or anything. Yeah, could be. Anyway, I wonder if she'd like to read uh, Charlie's new book called The Enemy that comes out this week, which is a horror <laughs> book for uh, teenagers. <laughs> You know, it would have been much quicker if you'd just done a quick, hey, here's a shout-out to Natasha's <laughs> mum. You've gone into a half-hour discussion about yeah, this. Oh, God, look, I, don't come on here and start editing me just because you're a novelist. <laughs> well, right. a, shall we say hello to her or not? <laughs> That's the way it works on here. Yes. Have you been reading? You know, Ken Bruce said this week, the trouble is with radio, it's been taken away from professionals and given to stand-up comedians who don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Good evening. <laughs> <laughs> Bring back. Oh DL- no, sorry. Good morning. Bring back DLT. Bring back DLT, but he has to be on a burning raft. That's my. <laughs> that's my theory. So, uh, what? What? Else, you, you haven't given up on the comedy, have you, Charlie? No. In fact, I am at, at this moment editing a new TV series that I've done with Paul Whitehouse, which is a spin-off of our radio show down the line, which was a spoof phone-in show on Radio Four. Yes, I so remember. We've it. Reinvented it as a. Gary Bellamy, the host of Down the Line, is now going... He's got his own TV show where he goes around Britain meeting the, meeting the people of Britain to find out what makes us British. And, of course, the people of Britain is me and Paul and our friends in different wigs. I remember <laughs> hearing a, a trailer for that on Radio 4 and being completely taken aback because it, it, it was a sort of a... It didn't sound anything like Radio 4. It sounded like a sort of course. And I thought, oh, my God, my radio has flicked <laughs> onto something else. Very popular programme, though, wasn't it? No, it was, it was great fun to do, and, it, and luckily, yes, it did go... I mean, some people on Radio 4 are still a bit mystified by it. It doesn't sound like other... Well, it doesn't sound like other Radio 4 phone-in programmes, and it doesn't sound like any other Radio 4 comedy programmes, but it was great to do, and it was a way for Paul and I just to do something fun together without too much pressure and try and come up with some new characters. So you're editing it at the moment. Does that yeah. mean that Paul doesn't edit it? Does he leave all that kind of technical stuff? No, no, stuff we're editing it together. Oh, OK. Editing it together. Although next week he is off fishing for a week. So, so I'll be editing without, so I can take all his stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> when you write together, do you have that kind of strict... You do write, actually write together, don't yeah, you? Yeah, we do. Do you yeah. have that strict thing that you hear about? I think um, when Ben Elton wrote with Richard Curtis, they used to send, uh, give one their version of mm. the script, and if one crossed anything out... I don't think they could stand being in the same room together. Yes. Well, I don't <laughs> know if that's true. <laughs> that, can I say that? Those are the thoughts of Charlie Hickson, not Absolute Radio, of course. No, no. Uh, but that's the way they work. Now, Paul and I, we do work together. We sort of set office hours and we go and sit there and it's which one of us cracks first. You think, God, I, hope he, I hope he says he has to go and do something or he's had enough for today. 
and then and, what? And it's which one of us says, oh, should we call it a day? Think, oh, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, all right. But no, we do, we sit there and we do funny voices at each other and just sort of improvise little routines and then write them down. Oh, sounds like the best job ever. Absolute Radio. Charlie Higson is with us. Charlie Higson's got a oh. new book out. It's a horror book. Yes. I have to say, I, I never watch horror or read horror, because I, genuinely because it frightens me and I don't sleep very well. Did you, did you used to when you were younger? I did, I, what, I'll tell you what was the killer for me. I know this book is, that you've written is a, um, a, a zombie book. Mm. Um, I went to see a thing called um, is it Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead, fantastic film. Yeah, um, and I think, was there a follow-up to that called? There were. Well, the first one was Night of the Living Dead, yeah, that's black it. and white Day, Day of the, the Dead, Day of the was, Dead was, was set in the shopping mall, yes. where they hold, hold up, which was a big influence on my book, actually, which is first half of it is set in Waitrose on Holloway Road. <laughs> where these kids right. are holed up under siege from zombies. So that's kind of based on Dawn of the Dead. Yes, fantastic film when they're in this shopping mall being besieged by zombies. And then he went on to Day of the Dead. Well, Day of the Dead was a Diary of the Dead, and I think he's got a new one coming out. Yes, OK. Well, I'll be honest with you. I went to see... I went to a late-night show. I mm. went to the toilet mid-film. <laughs> <laughs> and I was actually frightened on my own in the toilet. I actually <laughs> opened a couple of cubicle doors. I mean, they weren't locked. I didn't open them with an axe. <laughs> but just to... Ch- I'm serious. I was an adult, and I checked them. I was so spooked out by it. And I remember a lot of intestine being eaten and stuff like yes. that. It was very, yes. very graphic. Yes. But I'm genuinely frightened. What about you guys? you like horror? I dare the Triffids I like. Yeah, is that the level that you can take can I say Emily was in Day of the Triffids the BBC when she was a child so of course that gets gets through the net (laughs) but I was was doing a a signing for the launch of the book and there were some quite small kids coming through and there was this girl she looked about ten and I'd been talking to them well you know have you ever seen a scary film and you know she said yeah I said what's the scariest film you've ever seen she said Saw was quite scary she said, yeah, there was a scary clown in it. Isn't that really <laughs> heavy-duty yeah. horror? Yeah. I said, oh what, you didn't God. mind about all the gore and the violence? No, but there was a really nasty clown in it. And oh. her parents were standing there. So, I mean, you know, it's like, I mean, films, are, when I was a kid, the Hammer films, um, they were X-certificate. Some of them are now DVD-U-certificate. And something like Harry Potter in those days would have been an ex. Actually, I did used to watch... Now you come to mention I did watch Hammer Horror, but... Mm. But they're not that scary, really. They were quite sexy, is why I used to go as a teenager. Well, horror and sex always seem to go together. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to pretend I've read the whole of your book, but I've read chunks. You've read the cover. No, no. (laughs) I have read chunks of it, and I I found it quite frightening, and I am 52. Well, uh, I mean, I have found... I mean, a lot of adults have read it, and and they are and sometimes I think they they can get more scared than the kids because their parents are kids and and you know these kids are being chased around by zombies in the books they get quite sort of maternal or paternal feelings yeah. whereas the kids just like the gore and the splatter of it. Well, they're okay if you're a teenager or have a teenager who likes gore and splatter. <laughs> I suggest you buy The Enemy by Charlie Higson, which is out now, isn't it? It is out now. And uh, scared me to death, but I know people like that kind of thing. Charlie, thank you very much. <laughs> well, thank and, you for having and, me, and, Frank. And, and, and good luck with, uh, I'm sure it'll be yet another hit. Absolute Radio. And we've had a, a, an interesting uh, text telling us that, in fact, I don't know who this was from, telling us that um, human beings are primates. We had, we had a, a phone in today for your favourite TV or film primate, so we had things like uh, Clyde from Every Which Way But Loose and um, the like. 
And so some of the defining characteristics of primates are a shortened snout that contains at least three types of teeth. Frank, have you got one of those? A shortened snout that contains three types of teeth. Yeah, you've got one of those. <laughs> well, not with me. I've got a shrunken one. What I, what I got when I was um, in Africa working with an expedition. And clavicle bones. Yes. I don't know what they are. They're, they're those things here that you can see on me. Okay, so you've got. So you're a primate. Yeah, I am. And fingernails and toenails instead of claws. So we're all human beings are all primates. Yeah, we're all primates. Also, tendency towards vertical posture. <laughs> tendency. Yes. I have got a te- since I stopped <laughs> drinking. I have a tendency towards vertical posture. I am. Um, it's slightly. It's interesting. It's slightly ruined the phoning because no one realised yeah. we've we've actually had a phoning, which is name your favourite human being. Well, or yeah, primate. Crit. Yeah, people did uh, towards monkeys though, didn't they? Yeah, but only because so, I led. I led yeah, that way. I think so. It, 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 in the end, it was a the, the phoning today was actually your favourite monkey leading churchman or human being. <laughs> and it's if, a broad. It's a broad sweep. Broad in church. fact, someone called Kaz has said, "I don't remember any primates, but what about fave witch?" She says mine was witchy poo from HR Puffins. She, she's up. completely... She's taken <laughs> over the steering wheel. <laughs> this text is going out of control, isn't it? It is, yeah. I, I, you know, it's all... I love the idea, though, of people um, actually texting in things that people should text in about. Yeah. I Grot, love... Grot Bags, my favourite witch, I think. She was a good witch, oh, I must I admit. Yeah. I'm sure... I'm absolutely sure that one day Grot Bags said, I hate all you little brats, and you too, Gareth Richards, and pointed at the screen. No, I think that was Emily. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, when we went to that charity nursery thing we did, for absolute. <laughs> yeah, I, my favourite witch, without a doubt, yeah. is uh, Elizabeth Montgomery in Bewitched. Oh, that's a good Playing witch. Samantha. She was, I mean, what a babe she was. And oh, that, she's that a movie good witch. nose thing, that shortened snout she had with three or four teeth in it. <laughs> the, the crazy primate witch that she was. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad that people have just hijacked the primate and, yeah. and made it favourite witch. But favourite witch is quite good, I think. Mm. I'm happy with that. We had the text from Vincent Goodman as well, and he said, I usually count the number of times Emily says the uh, now cult Frank, which she does every time. And does he's being say- particularly cruel. Do, do you really? I've never noticed He that. says it averages out at three a show, but disappointingly she hasn't said it yet this morning. Come on, Frank, think of something. <gasps> oh, I can't, just, I can't just say so much shocking. I, don't, I can't shock to order. Like that. What do you think I am? Chris Myels? Is that what you think? Also, he says, did you know that an anagram of Emily Dean is I delay men? <laughs> <laughs> Gara! Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Radio. I'll tell you what else has been popular. Rich from London says, Frank, you just played a great track by The Fall just after 9am, but you had a mouthful of Paro Chocolat when saying the name of the song. Please, can you confirm what it was? Forgive me, it's Green-Eyed Loco Man, which go. is from an album called Country on the Click. I could imagine a full song called Mouthful of Paro Chocolat. <laughs> Mouthful of Paro Chocolat! <laughs> was that uh, Marky Smith drowning <laughs> at the end? I, I saw something on the train the other day that impressed me. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It's, one of, it's a bit funny because, you know, sometimes things happen. And it's one. Of the, I'll tell you what it was. I, there were some children on the train mm. and they were, they were talking... They were French children. Okay. And they were talking French. 
Which, but I'm whenever I see a child speaking a foreign language fluently, even if they're from that place, and you know, they, I'm always really impressed. I, I have think, to oh, say, wow, I, that's I totally agree with you. I think, wow, I, I've actually said to my girlfriend, I've got to listen to that amazing <laughs> kids who are French kids speaking French. Because you sort of imagine that they must think in English. Yeah, you'd, you'd start with English with yeah. as a basic. They sound so fluent as well, oh, don't they? Yeah. Almost that they're speaking it all the time. In that same family, I'm impressed by something weird, which is when I see a man carrying something heavy, I'm very impressed. Really? Because I could never do that. I think, how can you do that? How could you possibly carry that weight? These are really things that one shouldn't be impressed by, aren't they? I think it's all right to be impressed by this, but I've noticed people staring at me. I get very impressed by... Like mobile phones. I will actually say to people, I'm, I'm the person who's taken the longest to get over it with mobile. So I'll say, isn't it amazing now that I'm talking? To, they're actually in Newcastle. I'm in London, and there's no wires or anything, and we're talking. And people look at you like you're you're ill. But surely that is impressive, isn't it? If you see live television, I'll often say, can you believe that they're in Australia now playing cricket and we're watching them? This is not true at the moment, obviously, because they're in England. I didn't make that error for anyone listening. I'll tell you something else that impresses me. is when you see um, animals that have grown very old. I'm always thinking, that is brilliant. Tortoise, how old? Unbelievable. There was a dog that died this week in the paper. Oh. Who was that? Is I know that's sad. Obviously, if there's any dogs listening. How old was the dog? Well, the headline said 147, and I thought that oh, is that's old. absolutely. I mean, that dog could he could remember? Um, well, what he could remember things from the 90s. He could remember the war, and he yeah. could remember Queen Victoria. Could you remember Queen Victoria if he's 147? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but they meant in dog years. When I when I read the small print, oh. that was the dog years. So like twenty one or something. He was twenty one. Yeah. Which I didn't I had a Staffordshire Bull Terrier that lived to be eighteen. I can see you with a Staffordshire Bull Terrier. Well this was before they became cool. In okay. the in the Midlands a lot of people had them because they were kind of that's where they originally were bred in the Midlands. Anyone's tuning into this, they think, oh, is, this, is this Peter Purvis's Mad About Dogs on Radio Four and I've got the wrong channel. At some he he died, um, my uh, my eighteen year old dog, and uh, I'm gonna, after the after this, I'll shall tell you the very strange tale of the death of Shep. Absolute radio. And so yeah, so I had this dog Shep. I had who was uh, died when he was eighteen. I remember my dad phoned me up at work. This mm. was in the days when I had like a proper job, and I got a message saying your dad's phoned up. And I said, did he leave a message? They, they said he's got some really really bad news. I thought that is the great message to leave for anyone. <laughs> yeah. I thought, oh my god. So when he phoned up and he said the dog's dead, I I was actually quite pleased that that was the full extent of the bad news. And he said, uh, oh shit, I knew he wasn't well last night. So I let him out to to do his business, as he said. He said, and I heard this splashing sound. And I said, well, well, you would. He said, no, no, it wasn't. He said, he'd fallen in the garden pond. Aww. right? And he said, I dragged him out and gave him um, artificial respiration. <laughs> <laughs> now, bear in mind, I was, he was very upset at telling me, but I'm, I'm struggling now. He said, uh, <laughs> I gave it. I didn't ask him how he did it. He had quite a big mouth. It was a Staffordshire Bull Terrier. <laughs> the idea of that, you know, the kind, that slightly purple, dark purple oh, bit of a dog. With all the dog's lip. mouth bits. <laughs> oh, you oh. have to form a seal. Do you know, you? When, yeah. my, when my cat died, my dad went, 
Danny's a dead pussy. <laughs> oh, no, that's... In a voice like that. And you were 19 at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, and then he said... So he said, he, I could see he wasn't well. He said, and when I woke up this morning, he was lying dead by the telephone. By the telephone? And I said, <laughs> you think he was trying to call a veterinary surgeon? And he said, you know, he got upset that I'd made a joke about it. But he actually... He, um, Shep was buried on the... He said, we'll bury him under the apple tree in the garden, he said, because they say if you bury a... A dog under an apple tree, it, Im- it improves the flavour of the fruit. <laughs> so, um, I'm sorry, I've still got him lying by the phone calling for help. <laughs> no. Well, I'm not saying he was calling for help, that was a joke. I know, but, but on the it's dog a nice and image. Bone. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, we were talking about setting up a phone in for next week, this week, to, to see if that yeah. works. Because we got some good responses this week, though. I, I was... Yeah, and I've got an idea for next week. I've got the most overrated tourist attraction. Because I've got one. Shall I reveal it now? I'll wait till next week. Let's wait till next week, shall okay, we? So that's, okay. that's next week's phone in your most disappointing yeah. um, tourist attraction. Oh, it's exciting. I think that's probably the end of the show, isn't it? What, uh, it's been lovely to be back. I ain't having a week off. I love this show so much. And most of all, listeners, I love you. So um, goodbye from Emily and from Gareth. And um, good day to you. Absolute Radio.